listeners of Dan's Dabble in Babble, if you like podcasts and you, like me, are constantly looking for more podcasts to broaden your horizons, I am here to tell you about a new podcast option for you. It's called Ghost Town. Now, Ghost Town is a twice-weekly podcast covering and exploring some of the most mysterious and interesting places on Earth, like haunted hotels, abandoned malls, deserted amusement parks, locations of infamous true crimes, weird history, and more. Now, you can find Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts or go to ghosttownpod.com. Enjoy. And welcome to another exciting week here at Dan's Dabble in Babble. And for me, this is truly an exciting week because in that pre-roll section, you will have heard the first ever ad sold by Dan's Dabble in Babble. This has been a big week for the podcast in terms of growth. Uh, I'm so excited to announce that we... Uh, have picked up a couple of sponsorships. So uh, big thanks to Ghost Town Pod for uh, being the first ever ad sold on the program. Uh, in uh, the next coming weeks, we've got some additional uh, partnerships. Um, we've got a new sponsorship starting in February, which is really exciting. It's always been a goal of mine to be able to effectively monetize this. And so Anchor is a great site that allows you to monetize your podcast from the get-go uh, but that anchor sponsorship is is given to anybody that's using anchor as their podcast hosting site so it's it's really incredible to me that we've reached a point in the podcast where i am able to cultivate some sponsorships and and cultivate some some ad revenue so i'm just really excited and i thank you for being along with the journey with me i couldn't do it without your support so please keep listening share the podcast uh if you have you know tips for me if you have suggestions of who would make a great guest open to all of that i uh really am motivated to uh really grow this podcast this year and that's what i want to kind of start the episode talking about so you know i i talked some smack about New Year's resolutions. And as soon as I did that, I kind of started thinking about what my New Year's resolutions for 2022 would be. And first and foremost, I am really wanting to dedicate myself to this podcast. This is a really fun hobby for me. And as I just mentioned, uh, it's getting to a point where it's generating a little bit of revenue, which is just really exciting uh, to be able to develop those relationships and, and figure out my branding on this and and 
figure out how to really grow this and and broaden my reach. And, you know, I, I'm back to doing interviews to kind of reach out um, and first and foremost, hear some interesting stories and connect with some interesting people, but also to, to expand my reach in that way. So that that is something that I'm really committed to. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of uh, amazing how as soon as you really articulate that goal, then sometimes things just kind of fall into place. Uh, you know, I, I, I um, am, am very lucky to be able to do this podcast and to be able to now uh, cultivate some of those sponsorships uh, while also, you know, having a career that I genuinely love and all of that. Um, but but this has been something that I've done for uh, a lot of fun. But, but if I can, uh, you know, refine my craft, so to speak, then I... Uh, I'm just really anxious to do that, really excited at the opportunities that that could come for that and, you know, just kind of follow where that leads. And, you know, the the other big New Year's resolution I, I came to was that I am someone who really loves to read. Uh, it's always kind of driven me crazy that I feel like it takes me longer to read things than other people. This has always been the case. I mean, I... Uh, always loved my English classes in high school. You know, I, I, I did the AP English, uh, scored fives on the AP English exams, but even like the reading assignments in English, it would be, you know, uh, reading Gatsby or reading uh, Grapes of Wrath or w- whatever we were reading. It would take me hours, I, I mean, to, to do the nightly reading assignments. And, and my peers didn't seem to have the same struggle. Uh and, you know, it, it, perhaps some of that was, you know, some of my peers not reading as intentionally as they should have. But, you know, I, I've always felt like it takes me a while to get through books and things. Uh, but I, I um, you know, find myself and, and, and maybe some of you do this, too, where, you know, especially in the middle of the week, uh, you come home. And so, so typically my schedule is kind of I go to work, I go to the gym and then I come home, make dinner, and then kind of like crash on the couch and watch something on Netflix. And I find myself going to the same shows over and over. So it's kind of been cyclical in what I find myself drawn back to, but I watch the same things over and over. And, you know, it used to be kind of different different phases, but the one tried and true that is just ultimate comfort food to me is Will and Grace. I can go back and watch Will and Grace over and over and over. And that to me is, it's it's my perfect show. It's, it's such great comedy, uh, but also the original run of the series with Will ending up with Vince, that for me for a long time was like the epitome of goals for a gay relationship. And that was really the only place that I saw representation of, of kind of the life that I wanted to live in, in popular media. Now, uh, it's it, that has grown exponentially since the series ended in 2006 and uh, the types of media that are available that represent and show gay characters. So I'm I'm so glad to to witness that, and I think Will and Grace, in so many ways, was the catalyst not only for gay characters in media, but also for acceptance of 
gay people in general. I mean, I, I really think it was a landmark show. So that is my ultimate comfort food. So, but, but, you know, ultimately you're going back to these shows, you're watching them over and over again. So for me, the big three are Will and Grace, Friends, and Seinfeld. And I love them. Like Those shows will never get old for me, but it's like, why am I wasting my time with this when I, when I should sit down and read? So my new year's resolution is Monday through Thursday, I am going to make time to read. Um, and so the book that I'm reading right now is a massive book. Um, it's 112263 by Stephen King. And uh, if you're not familiar, it's the, the concept is that this guy is going to go back in time to stop the Kennedy assassination. And it's just, it's it's marvelously written. I've never gotten through Stephen King. The only thing that I've tried to read by Stephen King has been it. And see, this is where my slow reading comes into play. I would like always start it in October and I would want to be done by Halloween and I just want it finished and I would kind of lose interest about 200 pages in, you know, whatever. But uh, this is really captivating me. So I'm really excited. Um, to keep this New Year's resolution going and, and just kind of expands my literary scope this year. So I encourage you to uh, reflect on how the New Year is treating you because I think, you know, it's so we're we're now uh, halfway through January, which is kind of crazy to think. But, you know, we we it doesn't seem like that long ago we were all excited about the holidays and going through. Uh, all of the holiday magic, holiday spirit, and then all of that just kind of grinds to a halt and you're thrown back into uh, your work, your normal everyday life. And just trying to kind of recapture the joy and the magic of the holidays, I think is a good, uh, good message here. Um, you know, uh, the, the other, uh, aspect is that you know we we're, we've all been dealing with the omicron surge which i think has kind of touched all of us uh so it's been a really really um just kind of alarming wake-up call uh or alarming just start to 2022 but the interview that i'm bringing you today uh their entire mission is to spread happiness so i think that is a kind of a good way and a, and a good interview to have early on in the year um, is this idea of spreading happiness. So uh, I, we're talking today with the founders of John's Crazy Socks, and uh, you'll hear their phenomenal story, but this is a father and son run business um, and had a wonderful time connecting uh, with these two founders and kind of hearing their journey. So I hope you enjoy. Uh, please give me a follow on Twitter at BabblingDan or on Instagram at Daniel Burkett. And reach out, let me know of uh, what you think of the show and uh, what you'd like to, to see on the show. But again, thank you for, for your continued support. And without further ado, please enjoy this interview. All right. Listeners of Dan's Dabble and Babble, we have a real treat this week. We are joined by a couple of entrepreneurs who have a unique offering, and they are here to tell us about how their business got started. And we're just going to 
see where the conversation goes and and hear some of their incredible stories. So I'm joined tonight by Mark and John Cronin. So Mark and John, thanks so much for being here. How are you guys? I'm pretty good. Dick Summer, Dick, I have you out here. Hey, thanks for having us on, Dan. We're really excited to be here. Absolutely. So I absolutely love your product. I love your story. So you guys started this company, John's Crazy Socks. So I'm really interested to hear kind of where the idea for this business started and how you guys kind of identified this opportunity to market these unique socks. Well, there's a big clue, right? What's the name of the business? And John's Crazy Socks. So guess whose idea it was? Yeah, I did, uh, <laughs> I did my idea. Our origin stories are always important because that's they carry our DNA. Um, and for us, uh, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary. So the origin story, you'd have to go back five years, right? Right. And we, we started in a small log cabin in the woods no no we we started on suburban long island um in a town called huntington and where were you john uh, uh, i i entered in a huntington high school it's going to be my last year's school and here's something the audience should know um among many other things about you right you have down syndrome yes i do yes i do what do you say about down syndrome I have down syndrome. Down syndrome never hold me back. No, it doesn't. So John's in his last year of school, and he's trying to figure out what am I going to do next. And what were you looking at? I I, I look at job, program, and school. I don't like the option. I don't like. So, Dan, this is uh, this is unfortunately a common case that there aren't a lot of great opportunities for people with differing abilities. But my buddy here, he's a natural entrepreneur. Yes, I am. So if you didn't see a job that you wanted, what were you going to do? I said, I want to create one. I want to make one. Um, and what did you tell me? I said, I want to go a business with my dad. I'm nice father son business together. So uh, that was pretty cool when my son came to me and said, Dad, let's go into business together, right? I had been starting some online businesses, and, and he wanted in. Um, and, I, and I joke sometimes, I've got, I'm fortunate, I have three sons, and, and this is one I can work with, right? I love you. Um, so that's kind of how we got started, but then we had to figure out what we were going to do. Right. And you had a couple of non-starter ideas. I did. But then, right before Thanksgiving in 2016, you had your eureka moment. I did. I want to tell crazy socks. Why socks? It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. I'll always let me be me. I, I want crazy socks my whole life. This, you know, John, we used to drive around looking for these socks right. for John. So we figured... If John loved these socks so much, surely other people would too. Absolutely. And we would get started by setting up, you know, really testing the idea. Yeah. Going the lean startup route. So you had the name I, already. I did. I got my name. I told I, I, I what I like. 
you. Absolutely. So we uh, we set up a website. We got some inventory. And what day did we open? We opened on a Friday, December 9th, 2016. Uh, so that's how we got started. Eh? Well, that's incredible. I, there, there's so much about that story that I think is is so universal. One, this idea that you were looking at the opportunities for how you were going to spend your life, how, what your career was going to be, and saying, you know, there's there's not a career for me out there. So you went and and made your own. I think that's incredible. And the fact that you went to your father uh, to to get started in business uh, and kind of uh, learn from it sounds like you had some experience in the online uh, business community and so for you to be able to share that with your son uh, is incredible and to to land on this idea of something like socks is I think genius I mean everybody's wears socks and it's the perfect opportunity I, I love to wear fun crazy socks so that's part of the reason why I was so excited to to speak with you uh, is because I think it's it's fascinating uh, your story and I think this is such a cool product so I'm really curious where the inspiration for your designs come from and how how do you decide at this point five years in which congratulations that's phenomenal to cross that five-year threshold uh, but where does the inspiration for the product come from from? Where did the design ideas come from? Well, when we started, it was John and me. We didn't make any of our own socks. We were selling other people's socks. So he and I, we found a couple of suppliers. We would go through their inventory and you would help pick out socks. I did. So, but I that's, did. you know, when we started, we could put all the different socks we had on one table. Mm -hmm. Today, how many different socks do we have? Uh, we have a uh, uh, 3,500 different kind of socks and many sources. So we got over 3,500 socks, uh, which makes John here the owner of the world's largest sock store. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a big deal. We make, we're making more and more of those. You've designed some of those, right? I did. I, 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 I designed um, a, a, a awareness and, and, uh, and different shiny partners sock um, uh, uh, where we carried. But we we still carry a lot of socks from other people. Right. And everybody in the organization helps pick them out. So everybody has different ideas. And, and that's one place where diversity helps is that we get a diverse offering. Plus, we listen to our customers or we get ideas watching things, you know, watching movies or things. You right. see something. Absolutely. Um, so they come from a lot of different places. So that's wonderful. So, so tell me, going from the this very small business where, as you said, you could fit all the socks on one table to now over 3,500 different uh, types of socks. Uh, can you give me an idea of kind of the timeline of your growth and, and kind of what challenges you faced along the way to develop this into such a thriving business that it is now? Well... You know, we're in a good place now, but it has been a rocky ride. And we've been incredibly fortunate with things. So our first year, we went out and we were building word of mouth. We were fortunate, and you have to watch what you ask for. In March of that year, um, an online journal called The Mighty put out a video about us. And as the kids would say, that video went viral. Um, Last I looked, it had over 20 million views. So that 
we blew up. We got a lot of attention. We hit the summer and we found out nobody buys socks in the summer. So we kind of struggled through the summer. But we also learned they do buy socks during the holiday season. We got a little media attention. So we finished that first year very strong. We did uh, $1.7 million in revenue. Um, the next year, we ran into, again, very fortunate, a number of viral events and, and then extensive media coverage. And, and we grew um, almost threefold. And that all sounded good, except you might say that's when our troubles began, um, because it was an exceptional year with, with good things happening that you can't count on happening, some media coverage and, and viral events. And the other thing is that we were bootstrapping. So we didn't really have any capital behind us. And I remember the end of that second year, we made a profit on paper, but I'm talking to my accountant and say, well, how come I have no money? And he laughs. He says, let's go into your warehouse. Look at all that inventory you have. That's your money. And things took turn, a downturn in 2019. Um, so we really struggled. Uh, we went looking for financing. The banks wouldn't lend us anything. We had investors come in that said, oh, we'll invest but what they wanted to do was buy the brand and shut us down. Mm -hmm. um, so by the end of 2019, we were, for all intents and purposes, bankrupt. And we were very fortunate because we found a strategic partner, a third generation family business that manufactures socks for department stores and uh, uh, brand names. And they've been around 60 years. We sold direct to consumers. They loved the brand. They loved our mission. So we set up a partnership, um, which gave us some financial stability and the ability to produce socks. And 2020 was a tough year because of the pandemic. Uh, but we just finished a, a good, strong year. Our revenues were up by 47%. We've, we've got a lot of the good infrastructure in place. So uh, it, it's never going to be easy. And there were very good things that have happened and we've been very fortunate. And there are things that you struggle through, but uh, it's the life we chose as an entrepreneur. Certainly, yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's certainly not not the most secure way to, to make a living, but it sounds like you are weathering uh, the the storms just fine. And I, I hope you continue to to. Uh, find those partnerships. And I'm sure you're learning a lot about merchandising and a lot about distribution that uh, on the scale that you're at now, uh, I'm sure it's been a lot of just kind of being thrown into the fire and, and figuring it out. So are you still um, exclusively direct to consumer through your website or are yes, you in we, any physical locations or? Today, we uh, only sell, today, only sell direct to consumers. Uh, but uh, we have had a nascent B2B business and in the next calendar year, we're going to, we're investing in that to grow that business. Um, we've done no marketing and yet, you know, companies come to us to make custom socks or for custom gift packages. We do, um, we have a charity fundraising program to help nonprofits. 
that's touchless and remote. So we're going to grow the B2B business and we're going to enter the wholesale market for the first time. So by October, we will be shipping wholesale. Um, we are in conversations with some of the big box stores and some of the big department stores about them carrying our goods. And, and that will also allow, allow us to sell to the boutiques and the mom and pop shops, which have been asking to carry our stuff since we opened. Oh, so that's we're wonderful. excited about, uh, you know, kind of the, the overall strategy is we have our mission. We're definitely mission driven. We do things to, to pursue that mission. And, and that really drives the brand. Um, and then yeah, we, definitely. we want to be available to our customers, you know, the, the buzzword today is omni-channel. We want to be uh, available to our customers all over. Of course. Uh, so that's why the B2B and the wholesale, and uh, and we'll look at uh, brick and mortar down the road. So definitely talk to me a little bit more uh, about your mission and, and and what that means to you and that, how that uh, is is presented and how, how that has developed with your company. Of course, we've got a great example uh, with John leading by example, uh, showing uh, that someone with Down syndrome certainly can come up with an idea and be an entrepreneur and see that to fruition. And and um, certainly, as you've already acknowledged, it's it's not be, been an easy ride. And I think that makes the story that much more real and that much more compelling. That is the entrepreneurial spirit that there's going to be these challenges. Uh, but beyond those challenges and beyond the business aspects, what is the social mission? What is the social impact? Uh, that you hope to be able to achieve with uh, John's Crazy Socks? Well, overall, we have a pretty simple mission. What's our mission, Pat? Our mission is spreading happiness. Spread happiness, uh, wonderful. And that drives everything we do. Every decision we make right. is it has to answer to that. Are we going to be making people happy? Um, and how do you define happiness? What What are the keys to you? Our own value is a, a gratitude. And 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 your father. So we embed those two ideas into everything we do. What we've done is create a social enterprise where we have both a social and a business mission, and they feed off of each other. They're indivisible. If all we were doing, Dan, is selling socks, you wouldn't be talking to us. That's there right. are one gazillion sock companies out there. Um, how do you differentiate yourself? And at the same time, if we just had a cute idea or, you know, we wanted to do some good, you wouldn't talk to us either because we wouldn't be around. They have to feed off of each other. And, and we've built the business on, on five pillars. One. One is printing and hope. Two, giving back. Three, fun product you can, you can love. Four, make it personal. And five, make it a great place to work. So, you know, if I, if I run through those, if we want to spread happiness, we got to start at home. How can we create happiness with our customers if our colleagues aren't happy? So we work hard to make it a great place to work. 
And I, I'd, I'd like to talk about that fifth pillar more. And because I was, I, you're talking about spreading happiness. And I think uh, it's, it's got to be true that to really spread happiness, it has to emanate from your company. So I, I'd like you to speak on, you know, kind of how, what happiness means within the company, you two at the helm as the entrepreneurs, uh, where you find happiness and joy in what you do. And also, if you could talk to us a, a little bit about, it sounds like you um, have some people working for you. So give us an idea of the scale and how you factor in the happiness of your employees to continue to, to spread happiness at all levels well let, you know let's let's put some things in perspective we have 31 employees 22 of whom have a differing ability that's incredible we're running an e-commerce business we do our own fulfillment um so we have a pick and pack warehouse what do we call our pick our pickers as sock wranglers. sock wranglers um but it does have to start you know you, you start with the idea of what can we do for you how can we, you know, that spreading happiness, a lot of it is based on what can we do for other people? Um, so with the social enterprise, we answer to all of our stakeholders. So that's our, it starts with our employees, but our customers, our community supporters, um, as well as our shareholders, as well as the owners. So the approach we take with our colleagues and, and running the business, and that has a couple of components to it. You know, one, you want to offer people a mission worthy of their commitment, a why, a purpose. And it can't be, we're just going to go make money. And, and don't get me wrong, we want to make money. John and I, we, we like to live indoors. Um, but you got to have something that's larger than ourselves that's going to make a difference. And then two, everybody has to know why and how their job matters. There's no cog in the machine. There's no insignificant work. Everybody is contributing to that mission, to that purpose. And everybody's got to know why what they do is important. And then three, Put people in a position to succeed. Don't ask them to do what they can't do. Assume that people want to do a good job. And so, you know, our job, my, my job is to put them in a place where they can do their best work, is to work for them. Four, recognize the work that people do. And that can be as simple as saying thank you. Of, of looking at somebody saying, hey, I saw you doing a good job. I, you know, that um, TikTok video you made was great. Hey, look at the results we're getting on our website. Our conversion rate is up. That's great work. Um, it also makes sure that people are paid fairly. Um, our starting minimum wage is $15 an hour. Um, and Everybody should share in the benefits. If we all do well, if the company does well, everybody should share in that. And then finally, stay the hell out of the way. <laughs> Hire people, let them do their jobs. And, and that seems to work for us. Oh, that, that, that sounds like such a great perspective and it's, and it's so refreshing. So John, I want to ask you, uh, 
now hearing that you employ 22 individuals that are that have different abilities uh thinking back to when you had this idea kind of being born out of you weren't happy with the opportunities that were available for you so what does it mean to be able to be in a position now that you're offering an opportunity uh to those that have different abilities to to do some meaningful work, um, put some joy and help you spread happiness. How rewarding is that to to be able to offer that opportunity um, to really all of your employees? Is it important to you to hire other people to give people jobs? Yeah, uh, yeah, I does it's very important to uh, I, I very I, I, I let people are uh, having jobs and I found a way. Uh, um, I, I just my dad's saying that that I, I is the um. Well, you're always showing what people can do, and I know that's important to right. you. Right. Yeah. I I can share with you, Dan. You know some uh, examples. You don't have to be sorry for them, but um, some uh, anecdotes with John that shows that he gets it. Um. We've been very fortunate. We've had a number of elected officials come in and they give proclamations. And so the county executive had come in and uh, came for a visit and to his credit, he was real. He wanted to understand um, how we operated and what he could do to help us promote hiring people with different abilities. Um, But at the end he said, and I want to, John, I come here, I want to give you a proclamation from the county. And John said, wait a minute. I want to get all my colleagues around me. I did, and and, and I, I, I mean, that's saying that um, I, 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 he gave me a a a, a permission, and I bring all my colleagues with me, and I, I, I said, I, I, I it's not, I, it's not for me, I, it's not for me and my dad. I you recognize I, it's 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 everybody that's. Right. That's, that's wonderful. I, I, I give you a vacation. I didn't want to go, oh, 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 do all the work. Um, but that's, you know, and, and you know, when you're out speaking in front of people or going to Congress, meeting with elected officials, you're standing up for all your colleagues, right? I did. Standing up for other people. So that's really important to us. You know, much. You know, we talk about the pillars around the which we built the, built the business. Perhaps the most important one is that inspiration and hope. It's, it's showing what people with different abilities can do. So you know, we start there with John being the face of the business. We hire people, but that's not enough. We create content to share through social media channels just to show. Look, look what folks can accomplish. Uh, we host school tours that come in and, and work groups from social service agencies and high schools. We do a lot of speaking engagements. Uh, we do advocacy work. We've been fortunate. Uh, we've testified twice before the U.S. Congress. We've spoken at the United Nations because the business gives us a platform um, that, to speak out and people will listen. And when we do, that creates an obligation for us to speak up for people with different abilities, to advocate for their rights. 
Well, I think that's incredible because, I mean, on top of all of that, you are, of course, managing a business. You're managing all of the entrepreneurial aspects. So to also recognize not only the importance of of having the platform, but to recognize that you do have this platform and and recognizing that it's more than just selling socks and and fulfilling orders, but but using that responsibility, taking that responsibility seriously uh, to, to, to spread happiness, to spread the message, I, I think is incredible. And, and it's beautiful to hear your story. I mean, John, when you talked about uh, your idea initially, you can just see how, how joyful you are that you get to work with your dad on this awesome project. And I think that's a beautiful thing to see and to see that it's grown to, to where you've hired 31 people and, and have this major platform now to, to impact that type of social change is absolutely wonderful. So I want to give you just a, a few moments here uh, so you can let people know where they can uh, follow you to, to hear more of your message. Um, and also, of course, to, to know where they can go to get some of these awesome socks. Well, okay. Um, I, 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 you can find us at John's Crazy Socks. JohnsCrazySocks.com. Check out our you know, Facebook As, page, yeah. Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, TikTok um, and YouTube channel. But, you know, here's, here's the thing. Um, we're not into just transactions. We're building relationships with our customers. And we're very fortunate to have many loyal customers. And we've got over 29,000 online, five-star online reviews. Um, because... We deliver the goods. You got to have great selection. You got to have great products, great service. We do same day shipping. We do better shipping than Amazon. But when That's people quite buy, tall order. right? It's when you buy from us, you're you're not just getting the socks. You know, you're going to get your package. And what do you put in every package? Every package get a dig in there for me, and and candy. You get a little dose oh, of that's habit. awesome. That's awesome. And when you do that, you know you're enabling us to hire people with differing abilities. You're enabling us to give back. I mean, we didn't really talk about the giving back. Five percent of our earnings go to the Special Olympics. We have products that raise money for charity partners. So we've we've donated over four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to our charity partners. Um, and so when you buy from us, you're enabling these things. You're part of it. And in the end, you're helping us spread happiness. That, that's incredible. I, I mean, the the amount that you've raised for charity on top of everything. And, and again, just that, that relationship focus, I think, uh, goes so far. Uh, so thanks again so much for joining us on Dan's Devil and Babel. I'm sure my listeners have really enjoyed hearing your story. Um, and again, listeners, if you want to learn more about them, go to johnscrazysocks.com. You can learn more about their story on the website, see their great product, uh, and, and really understand the impact that you're having when you support a business like John's Crazy Socks. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Thank you so much, Dan. It's really appreciated.